0: People are willing to share information, what works, what doesn't work. There's a concrete takeaway that I can get, where it's like, hey, that's a really good idea. I can roll this out.
1: People think you go to conferences to like sit in and learn or to party. And I feel like people just think it's like, it's gonna fall under one of these buckets. And I'm like, no, it's all about the networking. I think people are willing to help each other out, to mentor, to share ideas, to talk about what's working, what's not working and to share even their mistakes so that they're not made again.
0: I never thought of anyone owning a part of the business and he said, if she left today, what would that look like for you? And it's just, it's super smart and it really got me thinking and it pushed me outside my comfort zone.
1: Having two brains, it creates an invisible third brain because you're bouncing ideas off each other. Now you guys came to an understanding that independently, neither of you would have gotten there. In law school, attorneys are taught to challenge everything, tear things apart, break them down. But the qualities that make lawyers great can be some of the worst for running a business. At every stage of growth, running a business and practicing law can feel overwhelming. And what happens when you try to add life and family to the mix? It can feel nearly impossible. You don't have to do this alone. I'm Maria Monroy, co-founder and president of LawRank, a leading SEO agency for ambitious law firms. Each week, we hear from industry leaders on what it really takes to run a law firm, from marketing to manifestation. Because success lies in the balance of life and law, we're here to help you tip the scales. On this show, we've heard stories of firms with hyper growth in year one or the success of massive legacy firms. Today's guest is a bit different. Mike Agris has practiced law for 19 years and recently celebrated his 11th year as a firm owner. His Chicago-based practice has several lawyers, paralegals, legal assistants, and an intake team. Putting Service First has earned them over 1000 outstanding client reviews, over 455 star reviews on Google, and an A plus BBB rating. In 2012, he ran his solo practice out of an apartment basement. His growth was slow and steady for the first six years. And then his firm took off. What changed? How did he get to the multi office firm we see today? by reinvesting resources into the firm, developing systems and processes, hiring the right support, and learning as much as he can everywhere he can. Mike did it, you can too, he explains how.
0: When I started my firm in March of 2012, it was just me, I was working out of my Basement apartment. I had a Regis address in downtown Chicago. And for the first year and a half, it was just me. I've slowly hired people over the years. And I'd say in the last four or five years, we've had a lot of growth and have hired a lot of people since over the years. I now have, if you include myself, even though I don't really handle cases daily, there are five attorneys at my office and another 10 people on support staff. And then I have a bunch of contractors that I work with as well.
1: What do you attribute that growth in the past five years to?
0: I've had some money to invest back in the firm. So I primarily was focusing on consumer rights cases in the beginning. And as that was bringing money in, I then started pushing the personal injury practice. And then the last three to five years, we've been hired and have settled a lot of cases, which has brought in money. And what I've tried to do is just reinvest all of that money into the firm, both on uh, systems and processes as well as by expanding our team, which includes lawyers, paralegals, support staff, and the like.
1: What systems and processes have you implemented?
0: Sure. So in 2021, we rolled out Litify, which was wildly painful. So we've had it for a year and a half right now. And my IT admin, who is now Salesforce certified and manages all of our uh, Litify at the office, he told me now that Litify will no longer take on smaller clients because of the issues that people were having. Long story short, it was expensive and it was painful. I got lucky because my IT admin was with me since day one. When we rolled out Litify, he shadowed the process and asked if he could do it. And he didn't charge me, but he learned the system and he learned Salesforce. And then he decided to become Salesforce certified. And so now he's our Litify admin. He probably spends 10 or 20 hours a week customizing Litify, rolling out new vendors, rolling out uh, new integrations like BirdEye, uh, DocuSign. We're in the process right now of rolling out records on time as well as case status. So I absolutely love Litify now, but I totally understand the pain points and what people have gone through.
1: I think that this is the case with a lot of case management software, and obviously we're not a law firm, so it's a little bit different, but I hear this from clients In regards to FileVine as well, like the implementation process is so long, but it sounds like you're really making the best of it. Like you're really integrating it with everything humanly possible, which is the really cool thing about Salesforce. I mean, with Salesforce, you can sky's the limit and you have a person in-house that's doing it all for you, right?
0: So Josh became Salesforce certified, and he has other clients, but he's in-house and he does work for me on Litify and is constantly tweaking it, customizing it. Uh, So for example, right now, we're working on records on time as well as case status, and he's doing all of the integrations, he's part of the onboarding, he's part of training people at the office. Um, so, I absolutely love it right now. 2021 was a pretty painful year and it was wildly expensive, and there were people at the office who were questioning whether or not this was really going to work. Last year, we spent time fine tuning it, and now um, I really enjoy it, minus when I get the quarterly uh, licensing bills from Litify. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why didn't you give up? What was it that kept you kind of going?
0: I was so invested. And then I have a lot of friends who are in uh, business who use Salesforce as well, and they all told me that it's just next level. They agreed it's really expensive, but they said um, stick it out because it's really worth it. I mean, look, I in 2021, between licensing what I paid Litify's team to roll it out and what I paid Josh, I was like $100,000 invested in it. And so I really had to stick with it. What we had before was really disjointed between new clients coming in, case management software, nothing spoke to each other. Everything was server-based, nothing was web-based. And so um, I forced myself to stick with it. I love technology. I love website systems, leads coming in, mapping, and all of that. And I had thought about it and researched it for years. And I you know, just realized that I needed to bite the bullet, but if it wasn't for Josh, I would have scrapped it.
1: It's such a common theme in business in general. You have to have the right people. And this is like the perfect scenario where if you hadn't had the right person to help you figure out how to implement this, you probably would have been really frustrated and just said, you know what, forget it, and just written it off as a loss. But it sounds like it was totally worth it at this point.
0: Yeah, as we sit here now, it's incredible. I absolutely love it. So from intake to settlement check, I have one system. It's on AWS's servers. Everything is cloud-based. And whether you're on your phone, whether you're on your desktop, a laptop, you can access it. Uh, It's totally transparent. And what I've been focusing on now, so 2021 was getting it up and running, 2022 was fine tuning it. And now what we're starting to do in 2023 is use Litify to produce data. So now we can make data driven decisions. And so it's really, really cool to start seeing these reports that my IT admin Josh is doing, where we can start seeing where cases are coming from, how much we're paying in leads, how much we're getting in settlements, what makes sense on where to put money and where not to put money. And then also just like internally seeing what our teams are doing, what our lawyers are doing, how much time they're spending on things and trying to learn strengths from certain teams to teach other teams how to do things as quickly or getting larger settlements and stuff like that. The data from it is absolutely incredible. And it's just It's endless. Whatever you can think of that you want from Litify, you program it and it spits out information for you.
1: And are you automating it so like every week you're getting the reports or every month or do you have to manually go in there and do it?
0: So Josh programs it and then I get automatic reports on it. So it's incredible. So here's a perfect example of something we started doing at our office which I love is I get weekly reports on all of our personal injury cases and the statute of limitations. So I get a report of all cases that where the statute of limitations are coming up in six months, 90 days, one month, one week. And just by getting those reports and being able to reach out to the lawyers and say, hey, we have a statute of limitations in this case coming up on six months. If we're not going to settle pre-suit, let's just get it filed now. Or what can we do with these cases? And in a matter of a couple of months, the cases that are on these lists that I'm getting reports on are decreasing, meaning we're either settling cases or filing suit or doing things before the reports remind us of the statute of limitations. So something just like that is, I mean, it's absolutely incredible.
1: You guys have also implemented Fireproof, so EOS. Are you running on EOS, or are you in the process of implementing that?
0: So we signed up for Fireproof at the end of 2022. I read the book, loved it, met Mike Morse, and then signed up for the actual coaching, which has been great. I totally love it. Right now, we are working on you know the weekly uh, classes we go to, and then we're working on the online platform where you go through like a 14-week program of taking classes. Uh, online classes taking tests and implementing systems. We were talking this morning and you had mentioned the training program with training videos.
1: Yeah, Trainial. Trainial is amazing. You never have to train someone again. You just put it all in Trainial. You get a new hire, they go through the It's very corporate. So like my background is I worked for AT&T for a really long time. That's like as corporate as it gets. Right. And you learn how many processes are being rolled down all the way from the top to the very bottom of the org chart. Right. This is something that anybody can use to implement a very similar system to what these big corporations have, where you can do a video and all this information and then a test or a task. Right. And then there has to be like a percentage for them to pass the test. So I get like the notifications of like failed, you know, 80%. I make it a hundred. I'm like, brutal. I'm like, you got to know this a hundred percent or you're not passing. Right. And then, But once I messed an answer up, I put the wrong answer. So then I had someone be like, Hey, I'm pretty sure that this is like, there's something wrong. Like I know I'm getting the answers right. So it was totally my fault, but it's amazing.
0: So, I, I took your suggestion. I went on the website, I looked at it, and I thought it was awesome. And what's great about Fireproof is I'm part of this um, listserv where we can email and bounce ideas off of each other. And so, all of the Fireproof community, you know, we send out emails and people share information. And I've met some awesome lawyers. And I shared what you provided about this platform and just said, hey, you know, um, I just learned about this platform. I checked it out. It looks awesome. Right now we're doing everything on Google Drive and, you know, we'll do like a Zoom Where's video my shout
1: out? I want a shout out. I want you to tell everyone, learn this from Maria Monroy at Um uh, I want to check with Jen because Jen is in fireproof. I'm going to find out if you gave me a shout out or not.
0: I didn't. Should I should I reply back you and say that? thousand
1: that- percent. Be like okay. Maria's really mad at me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so I, I love that, where we can bounce ideas off of each other. So for example, another thing I learned through the Fireproof community is using Wise Hire to hire people.
1: From Jen, right? Or no? From
0: Jen. I heard her say it during a presentation or I was listening to your podcast. And I reached out to her, like I reached out to you, um, asking about it, where you had mentioned a platform. And, and it's interesting, a tidbit of information where I used to do this, all this stuff as a young lawyer uh, in Chicago and Illinois. When I got licensed, being part of like uh, Chicago Bar Association, Illinois State Bar, trial lawyers, all that stuff. What's so interesting is Illinois, in particular Chicago, like in the personal injury community, it's very guarded and sort of like old school and like the old boys' club. There were never takeaways from all these seminars I used to go to. And so, something that I've recently learned, and I'm so glad that I went to some of these last year, is I, I feel like part of this community, which is unlike how it is in Chicago. People are willing to share information, what works, what doesn't work. And, uh, you know, every time I talk to someone to meet, there's a concrete takeaway that I can get where it's like, hey, that's a really good idea. I can roll this out.
1: People think you go to conferences to like sit in and learn or to party. And I feel like people just think it's like it's going to fall under one of these buckets. And I'm like, no, it's all about the networking and like what you're going to get from this networking because It is a community that is actually pretty open. I know not everyone is, but for the most part, I think people are willing to help each other out, to mentor, to share ideas, to talk about what's working, what's not working, and to share even their mistakes so that they're not made again. So I'm a big fan of conferences. I think they're amazing.
0: I 100% agree. And when I was, um, what I ended up doing last year, the beginning of the year, is we settled a pretty big personal injury case. And I said, you know what? I want to book these conferences out in the fall and just book them and pay for them and force myself to go. Uh, I hadn't been to conferences in years. And my business partner and I went to both Daryl Isaac's Brain Trust in Vegas. And then we followed it up like six weeks later with the business of law in Scottsdale. I've got young kids. And I remember, you know, telling my wife like, hey, you know, I want to go to these conferences. Is it cool? You know, can you hold down the fort? And of course it was like, yeah. And then the time comes up. I remember talking to her at the end of each day, just being like, I'm like, I'm exhausted. I'm going to eat and go to bed. And she's just like, well, what do you guys do all day? And I'm like, it's literally just like learning a ton, talking to people. And then there'd be like a happy hour networking. And literally like, I was in bed at like nine o'clock at night and exhausted. And she's like, yeah, I'm sure it's probably cause you were out partying the night before. And I'm like, no, like seriously. <laughs> (laughs) Like it's if you if you go there open minded and really want to like learn and talk to people.
1: No, it's a lot of information between all the people you're meeting. And if you're sitting through all the presentations, it's like you're just I feel like your adrenaline is so high and you just like by the end of it, you just crash because it's like you're overstimulated. I think that's the right words.
0: Yeah, for sure. So tell
1: me, how are you generating cases right now?
0: 2022 was all about redoing our website. And my consumer rights practice is very different. Um, we have tons of content on our website. We have over 100,000 pages of content on our website. So last year was all about building a brand new WordPress website. And we also started doing some SEO last year. So combination of SEO, organic I'm gonna cases. I'm going to have to look at that. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. And send me your report. Yeah. So send me the Law LawRank uh, audit.
1: Tell you if it's good or not.
0: Fair enough. Um, I love websites. Uh, I love SEO. I love the business side of practicing law. Anyway, so we get, we're get we starting to get cases organically from our website. I am all about Google local services, Google Screened. We have a couple vendors who I've used for uh, pay for performance leads. and You mean pay-per-click? Um, like no. Google
1: Ads or the local service ads?
0: Um, So I found a company that I really like for auto accident leads and it's pay for performance. So there's a certain criteria of what I'm looking for and I only pay for a phone call that meets that criteria. I love in general pay for performance all around and so I sort of have that system going with uh, the company that does our website and our SEO where I tell them I'll pay you more money for the more cases I get and they like that competition too. This year's focus is all about client experience. I was always concerned about making clients happy, handling stuff quickly, getting them their settlement check as fast as possible, but literally giving them a check and then just, I was sort of done. It's just a massive missed opportunity. And what's crazy is it's something literally I was like blind to for 10 years, um, being a business owner. And we just started doing this a couple of months ago and it's literally 2023. If you were to ask anyone at my office what the focus is, they'd all say client experience. And just by sitting down with people and spending more time with them, our clients, um, they're referring us business, and um, I'm really seeing just a, a big difference in that. And what's interesting is, if you know a lawyer, there's no need to call someone on a billboard. There's no need to like call the lawyer on a commercial or do a Google search. If someone says, "Hey, I've got a lawyer. He's a good guy," or "This is a smart woman. They got me really good results. You should contact them." Um, just getting those cases from referrals is incredible. So we're that's our focus in 2023. And the nice part about that, it doesn't cost any money.
1: <laughs> so what's the process like? Is it just, "Hey, when we sign up a case." I, you have to sit down with this person for X amount of time, or do you have certain criteria that have to be met? Like you have to check in with them, you know, once a month or what is that process like? Like when you say client experience, what does that mean to you?
0: So client experience to me means if, if you were to ask someone all the things they don't like about a lawyer, that they're hard to get in touch with, they're unresponsive, they're unrelatable, um, they you know, don't explain things to me in a simple way, we're looking at all of the you know, negative stereotypes and trying to turn all of that around. When someone contacts us, we have multiple systems in the office where um, a live person always answers. And that person who talks to you is actually talking with you and wants to hear your story and is not just like going through a robotic script. At any point during the conversation, if someone asks if they can speak with a lawyer, we have lawyers who are on call and it's like a rotation at the office. So there's a different lawyer on call each day who can then be, the call can be transferred to so they could speak with a lawyer. And I've started hiring people on our new case team who have experience um, talking to uh, potential clients and interviewing people and you know really sort of sitting down and just like learning about them and what happened because a lot of people just, you know, they want to explain and tell their story. We're always trying to improve on the initial phone call. As far as when we get retained, we're using case status right now to have constant communications with clients so they can get updates and know what's going on, what information we need so on and so forth. We're also, um, I think we do a really good job. We've got an incredible network of doctors all throughout Illinois who we refer clients to. So we also really help out um, people get treatment and get treatment right away from specialists that I would go to or people I would send, you know, family or friends to. A lot of people who contact us don't have insurance or if they do, they have a doctor but they can't get in for a couple of months. So we really take the time to help people out in the beginning where there's a lot of questions, confusions and concerns to, you know, sort of smooth the process in the beginning. And then once someone's in treatment and, you know, recovering, we don't have to have a million contacts with them because, you know, their concerns are um, have been addressed and things are at ease. And then on the bigger, you know, uh, sort of bigger cases or bigger clients that come through the door, I try to sit down now and just meet with them. And just go talk to them and see how things are going, see what questions they have. And I feel like it makes such a difference just to like sit down face to face.
1: And how do you make sure that you actually do that? Do you have a process through Litify that, you know, creates a task or how does it work?
0: Um, We we haven't perfected the system yet. We're just in the process of rolling out case status, which is going to help us with that. I'm actively involved in all of our new cases and clients that come through the door. And so everyone at my office knows that if something, you know, would require white gloves or some additional attention to reach out to me. I pick up the phone and call people and talk to them. And I feel like you've got to gauge it with clients too. Sometimes they're fine talking on the phone. Sometimes they want to do a Zoom. And other times they say, yeah, I'd love to have lunch with you. You know, when do you want to come out? So I'm trying to make it, and so to answer your question, in my head, I'm trying to do it at least once a month where I'm reaching out to someone who has retained us and saying, hey, do you want to grab lunch? Let's talk. Uh, face-to-face. And I think it makes all the world a difference.
1: You've noticed an increase in referrals since implementing this?
0: Let me tell you a wild story. And this was my big takeaway from the Brain Trust Conference in Vegas, is everyone who took the stage hands down said, my biggest cases have come from referrals. And it really resonated with me. Coincidentally, we were hired Like within a day or two of that conference, I remember uh, Jackie, my senior paralegal, reaching out to me saying, hey Mike, we were just retained by a family and we're representing the son. Drunk driver crossed over the center line and killed a family of three, husband, wife, and daughter in the car. And I mean, it's just it's horrific. And the, the mom who was in the car, it was actually her sister who reached out and retained us. And this was somewhere in central Illinois. And I just my gut reaction was, uh, you know, it was in the news and the media. My gut reaction was someone was going to reach in and, you know, essentially, oh, you don't you don't want a Chicago lawyer. You know, you want a local attorney. So I got back from Vegas, that was the one thing that stuck with me, and we just got hired. And I reached out to the family and I said, you know, I'm so sorry, and I'm sure you have so much on your plate, but when things, you know, calm down, I'd I'd love to come down and meet you so we can talk face-to-face. And they actually said, do you want to come on Thursday? And this was like on a Monday, and I said, yeah, no problem. I went down and met him, had lunch. Uh, the son is super nice. The sister is super nice. And long story short, they're really good people. And they actually wanted to hire an attorney who didn't live by them just because of like small town and politics. And they wanted someone removed. And so it made sense why they why they hired me. The sister said, you know, Mike, what's crazy is um, the day before this happened, I was rear ended by a guy going probably 30, 40 miles an hour. My truck is totaled. I had you know, shoulder surgery a couple of years ago and I, I feel like it's aggravated and I'm gonna go get treatment and stuff. Um, is this something you can help me with too? And literally, it was just it was like the moment of being in Vegas saying, you know, referrals are our biggest cases our biggest source of business and sitting down with people. So I was hired by the sister and I would have never been hired because I had talked to her multiple times before that. She never mentioned the accident. And it was just because I went down there, spent some time with them. And yeah. So anyway, it makes all the world a difference.
1: Absolutely. I also feel like anytime we put energy on anything And if you've ever heard my podcast, I really am a big believer in energy. And it'll happen to me where I'm like, we haven't signed a family law client in a long time because I'm so PI focused. And literally I'll get like five contact submission forms for family law. And I'm like, oh, I just have to think about it. So I feel like you also just like even like, and this is why conferences can be so, in my opinion, I like to use the word expanding, because then you hear something and I'm like, and you're like, oh, I've never thought of it that way. And then you start to actually see it come through, right? And this is like a perfect example where you heard it, you were like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. And then you just started to see it come into play. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, 100%. And I was uh, in prep for today. I listened to several of your podcasts. And you talk all about, you know, like thinking and manifestation and like positive energy. And I'm not necessarily like that. Like, that's not how I think and operate. But what's interesting is it it just it gets me thinking. And it's just like what you said, where you hear something. And although, you know, maybe you didn't think about that, um, that way, or it never crossed your mind.
1: And I would argue that just because you don't believe in manifestation doesn't mean you're not manifesting things all the time, because you are.
0: No, I know. And I, honestly, like, I, I learned a lot from listening to your podcast when you had said, um, I wish I had read this book first. Because Think it's and like, Grow Rich. There you go.
1: Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Joe Freed's podcast, the episode that he came on. And now the things he talks about are like completely like next level. Like Even for me, I'm like... Wow, like I can't even believe you're doing this. So definitely listen to that one. That one's really, really interesting. It's an amazing book. And Jen is a big fan of it too. She just did a video on it and I was like, this is my favorite book. Yeah,
0: I'm and once again, I'm not a self-help person and I would never read a self-help book. But... You need to.
1: They're the best thing in the world. Like because if you think about it, anything self-help is going to spill over into your business because you're the one managing the business. So wherever, however you're feeling physically, mentally, it's going to spill over. It's impossible that it won't. And so I went through a phase when I was young that I wanted to read like everything self-help. And then I had kids and I kind of stopped because that, that's a lot. But as a business owner, I realized, oh shit, I have to go back. And like start doing this again because everything impacts the business. So now it's not just for me, but it's also for my business. Right. So I would say try to get into it because it's the like, if you're open to learning, there's just so much.
0: I, you know, I, I totally am. And I'm excited to read the book you recommended. And, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe we'll be talking in the future and I'll be telling you about all these self-help books that I've read.
1: You'll be telling me what to read. Someone just recommended The Biology of Belief. I was just at AAJ, so that's gonna be my next one. I'm excited to read it. But tell me, I know you have, um, your partner is?
0: She's 30 years old, so this is a fascinating story. Her name's Taylor Kosla. She just got married um, and changed her name. It's Unterberg. But she's been with me for four and a half, five years. She started right out of law school, and she's absolutely incredible. And I knew it since day one. I mean, she came into the office, super smart, total producer, hustles, networks, is just always open to things and is incredible and probably one of the top three decisions I ever made was hiring a CPA about seven, eight years ago, a guy named John Miller. And we've got monthly meetings, we go over profit loss, we go over balance sheets, we go over budgets, what you're spending your money on. And so the best part about him, and, and you'll like this, is um, when I started my firm, I, I said, um, I never wanna have like a monthly nut that keeps me up at night, like the monthly expense. And, the, and it's like, he has pushed me so far outside my comfort zone and it's been incredible. So Taylor comes on board, and she had been at my office for three years, and I remember I would always talk to John about reviews, raises, performance-based bonuses, what am I going to do? And you know, Taylor was, she's savvy, and every year we'd talk about salary and bonuses and money she's making and business that she's bringing in, and she would always ask for more and push me and say, look, I'm worth it, here's why, and I would always agree with her, and anyway, I was talking to John about her three-year anniversary, three-year review, and he said, um, "Not in a million years did I think I'd have a partner." And he said, "We ever thought of offering her, you know, skin in the game and offering her an equity position?" It never crossed my mind, and we were talking about it. And he said, "Look, if she left right now, uh, you know." And I had the typical reactions. She's young. She's been here for three years. Like, I never thought of anyone owning a part of the business. And he said, "If she left today." What would that look like for you and it's just it's super smart and it really got me thinking and it pushed me outside my comfort zone and long story short he works at whitley whitley's got like a um, business transition group we went through like three four five months of you know um, interviews consulting making sure this is the right decision because he said it best he said this is like a marriage you want to spend time figuring it out but anyway we figured it out she bought in as an equity partner at 29. And it's just been like absolutely incredible. And what's so nice for me is I now have someone to like talk with and go through. We went through Lidify together. We went through all of like the painful things together. And it's like before things are guarded at the office, like I can't have super candid conversations with a lot of people at the office. And so, yeah, Taylor and I are partners. She's awesome. People love her. And she just crushes it at our firm. It's great.
1: It's funny because when you read Think and Grow Rich, he talks about how having two brains, it creates a, an invisible third brain because you're bouncing ideas off each other, right? And I had a client text me the other day like, hey, you know, I'm thinking of basically bringing on a partner or like partnering up with another firm. And I was like, I think it's a great idea. Like I very much think that having that partnership and I see it with our clients that have partnerships versus solo solo practitioners, they just don't have that person to go to. And I'm not saying it's right for everyone. I know that a lot of partnerships to solve and all that. But if you can find the right person, I think it's just amazing because again, you are that just that bouncing, right? Like she might say something and then you add to it and the next thing you don't know, now you guys came to an understanding that independently, neither of you would have gotten there.
0: It's really allowed me to communicate openly about everything that's going on in the office. And, you know, like, for example, going back to when we rolled out Lidify, I mean, I was terrified. And I could have conversations with her being like, this is costing us an absolute fortune. I don't even know how it's going to work. And then, like, we're spending over $40,000 a year now in licensing. And so it was just, it was a way to... um, Communicate and you know, discuss things and have candid conversations with someone else as opposed to like me just like bottling it all up. I now have um, sort of a model of what we're looking for in the future for other potential equity partners. And Taylor and I, you know, our monthly meetings with John Miller, profit loss, balance sheet, what's working, what's not working, are you gonna hire people? What do you Taylor's part of all of that. And then we were just talking with John Miller on our last monthly meeting a couple weeks ago about what would that next partner look like? Like, how, how do we put down what Taylor did a couple of years ago to make me consider this and offer her this equity position? You know, what are her characteristics and how do we put that on paper so other attorneys at the office who are thinking, how do I become an equity partner, they can look at what we're looking for and what we want.
1: What's in the future for you?
0: So what we have started doing is building out teams. It's something that I've learned through Fireproof, through Mike Morse, where we are building out teams. So something we just started doing at the office is every single lawyer is working with a paralegal. And this just happened like a month or two ago. And I've immediately seen results in the sense of, Things are getting done faster. We're able to handle more work. Um, we really spent time interviewing paralegals and making sure that they were good fits with the lawyers they're working with, and so we're starting to develop teams at the office. And in addition to you know client experience and focusing on that in twenty twenty three. Another focus that we're working on as well is building out those teams. So not only um, hopefully when I see you next or we talk next, you know, each lawyer will not only have one paralegal, maybe they'll have a legal assistant too. And slowly start building out teams, which is, you know, Mike Morse's model and, you know, something I learned from him.
1: We have teams internally. Do you like it? They work amazing. We love it. We call it pods, but
0: it's a thing. How many teams do you have?
1: I don't run the SEO team, so I'm not sure. I think we have three, maybe four now. They might have split into a fourth one now. But I'm just talking about the SEO team. So there's like a lead, and then that person has multiple employees that roll up. But they're all working on the same amount, on the same project. So each pod is essentially assigned X amount of projects that they work with. And then one person is leading that team. So in your case, I would assume the lawyer is leading their own team?
0: Yeah, so building out teams, that's what's in store for us this year. But the main focus, setting that aside, it's all client experience. Um, I'm super excited about it. We're um, we're expanding, we're getting additional office space. So we have an office in uh, Chicago, and um, I'm in the western suburbs. Taylor's in the western suburbs too, and so we're going to be signing a lease starting April 1st that's uh, an office in the suburbs It's going to make parking a lot easier. Uh, we have a lot of clients in the suburbs. It's going to allow for, um, you know, doing more podcasts and videos at an office as opposed to my home office right now.
1: And you get another GMB, which I'm like, I'm really passionate about having multiple locations in a market to be able to generate cases from each of the GMBs. I hope you ran it through your SEO team and that they gave you the green light and there are no potential red flags with the address.
0: Uh, correct. So it's it's a real office space, and it's you mentioned that um, I love GMBs too. Um, we started doing that a couple of years ago. We have multiple GMBs, and it's wild when you look at Chicago, which is like I I've been third most competitive market outside of New York and LA for PI. So what's interesting is there are so many other large cities in Illinois. And we've started focusing on some of the other cities in Illinois with GMBs, Google Local Services, um, and I've noticed a huge difference. I love GMBs.
1: Oh, they're my favorite. It's like I joke I have a favorite child. Also, my favorite way to generate cases is through GMB. So in Chicago, I mean, you could have five locations throughout Chicago, and each of them could be generating cases. Easily, you could have five. Easily. Uh, Totally. Yeah, that's amazing.
0: It is. It's awesome. I will say this, though. Um, they have really cracking down on personal injury attorneys, GMBs. Well, they have
1: to be legit. So that's when you're like, we're going to sign a lease and like we're going to have an office. That's legit. What I don't mean by a GMB, I don't mean a Regis. I don't mean a shared location. They're not going to crack down on a legitimate office. It's also technically supposed to be staffed. And everybody tries to get cute, but I mean a legit office. <laughs>
0: yeah no we do so it's great I love it but correct we will do a GMB Um, it's in Oak Brook it's a small uh, community in the western burbs of Chicago but I'm excited and it's going to make it a lot easier too we talk to clients all the time and they're like look I don't want to hire a Chicago attorney I don't want to deal with traffic I don't want to deal with parking and all of that and so this is going to make things a lot easier for people it's free parking it's easy to get to nice comfortable office so that's also in store for us
1: but you're keeping the other office correct correct okay good
0: Yes, perfect. yes, okay. for awesome. GMB purposes.
1: Good, that's, that's great. <laughs> to reach your goals, you must break the mountain into chunks you can manage. Mike is a perfect example of how to build a firm strategically by moving one rock at a time. He implemented a new data-rich client management system one year and set up data manning the next. Last year, he focused on SEO. This year, he's digging into customer experience and capturing as many reviews as possible. Conferences can be the best spaces to work through your firm's challenges if you remain open to new ideas and are always a great way to create a deeper network. We covered a lot of ground today. Check out the show notes to learn more about systems, software, and conferences on today's show. Thank you so much to Mike Agris at Agris Law Firm. If you found this story valuable, please share it with someone you want to see succeed. Subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review. It goes a long way to help others discover the show. Catch us next week on Tip the Scales with me, Maria Monroy, president of LawRank. Hear how the best in the business broke out of limiting beliefs, overcame adversity and built a thriving purpose-driven business in the process.